0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Option Plus podcast. I am very excited about this episode because uh, I'm talking to Philip from 10101. And this project is something that I wanted to build myself uh, for a long time. So I really hope uh, that you enjoy uh, this episode. We talk about uh, derivatives, about why they are not just for gambling, but they're actually very useful uh, financial primitive to have have, uh, in your uh, in your parallel financial system. And 10101 is a very nice project uh, that uh, enables trustless uh, financial derivatives on top of Bitcoin Lightning. And uh, this project um, means you can have a lightning wallet with uh, a us dollar and hopefully in the future some other uh, types of balances such as euro or uh, whatever czech crown or uh, or anything else so i think uh, currently on ethereum the killer use case is uh, stable coins and with projects such as uh, uh, 10101 we can bring this uh, killer app back to bitcoin and back to lightning in a very interesting way that has uh, some very interesting uh, unintended uh, advantages i would say and uh, i will not talk too much about the project because philip will explain it much better than me so enjoy this episode welcome Philip from Ten i I'm really excited that you um, accepted my invitation to this humble podcast with a few listeners, but I'm very excited about what you're doing about the project. Uh, so I would like to share this with people and hope that people um, know what this project can bring to the uh, Bitcoin and Lightning ecosystem. So maybe uh, let's start by uh, you telling us something about yourself first, and wh- how how did you end up uh, doing this project, and then something about TentaOne. Cool,
1: awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited being here. Uh, a little bit about myself. Let's take a, a big leap into the past. Um, I got into Bitcoin relatively early and I lost my money at Mt. Gox and that (laughs) kind of branded me. (laughs) And I made it my mission that no one should have to feel that pain themselves. So I really wanted to solve the problem of trusted trading, get rid of the trust because Satoshi gave us this magic wand of decentralized trustless money. And all we do is we add trust on top of it And if you want to trade today, whether it's derivatives or spots, you have to trust someone else and you have to deposit your money in someone else's wallet. And I just want to get rid of that. So we we started as a research lab in 2017 or 2018 with the focus on cross-chain atomic swaps. And we did all kind of things from Ethereum to Bitcoin, uc twenty to Lightning, and then later we did Monero to Bitcoin, which was really cool because you don't have any scripting language on Monero, and mm-hmm. they have a different curve. So we had to do cross curve adapter signatures, which was quite fun. Um, <laughs> I think <Wow>. it was <laughs> I think it was Bitcoin Magazine who credited us that. Uh, Monero moved 20% when we launched our POC. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure if we have really the cause for that, but (laughs) um, the the project is still being managed by the community. That was really cool. Um, But we, we left this and then said we want to build something for Bitcoin on Bitcoin. And we learned over the years about adapter signatures and then jumped onto DLCs. And since we don't have any tokens on Bitcoin, we said, okay, derivatives trading it is. And that's how we started with derivatives trading. Still the same mission, get rid of the middleman, get rid of the trust, let people really trade peer to peer and they don't have to account for the counterparty risk when doing so.
0: Yes, that's very, uh, I resonate with this mission very much. uh, I uh, uh, would like to share how we met. Actually, it was uh, quite mind blowing to me uh, because uh, uh, Pavel Rusnak, stick from uh, Satoshi Labs, uh, he was organizing this uh, Dev Hack Day uh, before BTC Prague in Prague, and he knew that I was doing something with derivatives, and I'm teaching people how to use it, how to uh, how to hedge uh, position if they want to be. Uh, like local peer-to-peer OTC traders, because I think uh, this is the way that the adoption should be from bottom up and not through centralized exchanges. Uh, but of course, the OTC traders need a way to uh, hedge the risk of uh, exchange rate fluctuation in some way, and uh, they would end up at, uh, at centralized exchange. Uh, so I was, uh, first of all, I tried to, Uh, explain to people that derivatives derivatives are not, um, uh, you know, pure gambling or like that they are really useful for something, uh, uh, including this use case. Um, But uh, I also wrote a paper uh, with Rene Picard uh, on on, uh, DLCs on top of Lightning for this specific purpose. (laughs) Uh, But then I was, participating in this project that wanted to use it um and uh uh, anyway so i was kind of like okay i'll explain to people hopefully someone will build it and (laughs) i think you were right next after me or or two talks after and uh, you did your presentation explaining how you build it using the (laughs) the exact same technology i don't think you heard about our paper actually uh, before uh, is it I, true? I did
1: actually i i read yes. this paper a long time ago yeah it's been uh, it's, all right it's been quite old right yes like yes yes 2020 yes. or maybe maybe earlier earlier i think even uh, earlier so yeah so it's... it was really really early actually i was i was really surprised when i saw your talk and i really liked the opening um I think you said something like um, trading is not degenerated or something like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it it totally reflects what feedback we get when we launch our product or when we go out because Bitcoiners are always correctly um, very careful when they say trading is okay because we have this, this shitcoin trading on the other chains and that is... I mean, you can make money with it, but most people opinions is that trading is more for shitcoinery. but it's not true. As you said, it's actually particular derivatives is more for the risk averse people who are like, they want to hedge, they want to protect, they want to have a downside protection if the Bitcoin price crashes. And that's that's really cool. If you have that, if you understand that, then suddenly trading makes so much more sense.
0: Yes, I'm I don't even like to use uh, the term trading because that that's that has this connotation that that you said uh, I like to uh, to talk about hedging risk or um or creating uh, like a like a position that has a meaning in real world. Uh so uh, one of the position would be uh, hedging the value um uh, in uh, in fiat currency for example US dollars. So, uh, like, uh, give us maybe an explanation of uh, how would you how would you say uh, what is this kind of synthetic stablecoin that that the project provides that the wallet provides, uh, and how is it different to uh, to other types of stablecoins such as Tether or Dai or uh, any other type of stablecoin?
1: Who jumping right into that? Okay. Um, so we, we want to get rid of most of the counterparty risk. Obviously, there is no such thing as completely trustless and completely riskless. So there's always some trust you have to put somewhere. But you can remove counterparty risk to some degree. And for that, we wanted to remove the token, and uh, the token issuer. And we found that if you short Bitcoin, you are stable in US dollars. And the financial instrument there is a inverse perpetual swap, or also called a CFD. And with this, if you short this, you are stable in US dollars, and with a few tricks, you can make this transferable. And suddenly you have a synthetic stable coin on Lightning. And that's really cool because now there is no trust in a centralized token issuer who can then disappear or a basket of assets you can you have to, exp- to to calculate on. No, it's just Bitcoin and the Bitcoin price.
0: Yes, it's also very uh, capital efficient. So uh, most these uh, most of these stable coins that try to be uh, as decentralized as possible, they are over by some other cryptocurrency, which in this case is uh, is not the case. So uh, I would like to mention, uh, so how it looks in practice, uh, uh, both in your wallet, but there was, for example, uh, Collider wallet, which used to do something similar, but in a centralized way, Uh, but also Chivo wallet, which is used in El Salvador. So, um, which is also centralized, by the way, they hedge it on some centralized exchange. But what what it means is um, that if you own Bitcoin, uh, and uh, feel free to, uh, to uh, hop in if, if you want, would like to uh, explain something better. Um, uh, if you own Bitcoin, you are long Bitcoin. What that means that if Bitcoin goes up and you own Bitcoin, uh, your wealth will go up. If you at the same time open another position in the same size, uh, a, a short position, Uh, Then basically, if Bitcoin goes up, you will earn money, but the short uh, will take away the same amount of money. So you end up with Bitcoin that are worth exactly the same dollar value. So... That that's the principle. So so you said you short Bitcoin, which like people are like, oh no no, please don't short Bitcoin. Uh, but you are not actually um, having uh, a short position because you also own that Bitcoin that you shorted. So you are long and short at the same time. Um, so so this is uh, this is basically um, how I would explain it to people uh what is interesting how it shows up in all these wallets in practice in uh ten ten one in collider wallet and in chivo is that you see that you have a uh you have a balance in SATs and you have some other kind of balance uh in u s dollars so you can see okay i have ten dollars and uh whatever fifty thousand sats so that's how the user interface shows it but what is interesting uh, compared to any other like tokenized wallet like the, with, with the stable coins on top of ethereum that there is nothing else than bitcoin there is like uh, it's it's not a token the the thing that you own in your wallet is actually bitcoin uh, but the amount of bitcoin changes based on the on the open short position. So that's how I would explain it to <laughs> um to people who would ask me like okay what is going on like where where are the these tokens what's the token standard? I would say no there are no tokens. Uh, you are just making sure that your bitcoin is worth uh, always the same dollar value for the for the hedge position. So uh, you you, you yeah. said
1: that you are long and short at the same time. I think you're only short in this particular case because you need a counterparty who is long against you.
0: You are long uh, in uh, in the fact that you own that Bitcoin. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. and okay, You don't because you don't, okay. owning something yeah. is long, and uh, of course uh, the the short position has a has a counterparty, which is which is um, long. Yes. So. so Uh, that is, by the way, also useful. I don't know if we should get into it, but, uh, who would be the counterparty? Because you need to find the counterparty. It's not magic, doesn't magically appear from the thin air. Um, so, uh, there are many people who would want to be long future and and not uh, spot Bitcoin. Uh, first of all, if you only want to, get the upside without uh, the initial investment it's a it's a nice way how to basically leverage uh, uh, with lower capital requirements so that's that's my answer to people who would say oh bitcoin is too expensive now and uh, like i don't have uh, whatever twenty thousand dollars to buy one bitcoin then of course i explained that you can buy uh satoshis <laughs> but <laughs> um but if you only want to be exposed to the upside and downside to the swings and not to the initial investment, then, then this might be quite useful. Uh, but another thing that is quite useful is that you can create a synthetic loan uh, from the loan position, uh, long position. So if you want to borrow dollars, uh, you would basically spend Bitcoin and then open the long position and uh, you are... Long the same amount of Bitcoin, so so your exposure to Bitcoin is the same, but you have created a loan. Um, this is interesting because uh, I think if you do this in a nice way from the user interface, um, this might not be considered a taxable event, which is one of the use cases of uh, um, of these collateralized loans. But this is this is another thing that is very very useful. Uh, When we were talking about uh, it in the, with the team that we were working um, on, on the project, I like the thing that I remember when these people who are good in financial mathematics were explaining it to me, they said that it's like Lego bricks. Like if you have, if you have a future, you can build the whole financial system. Every derivative can be built from, from futures. So, uh, loans and uh, synthetic uh, stable coins and like synthetic positions and if you if you um, uh, if you have a um, uh, ability to do it in a dynamic way you can also create options so this primitive yeah. that you built in 10101 10, basically allows you to create the whole financial system as we know it just from this single uh, simple primitive and it's interchangeable so if you have a uh culturalized loans then you can build futures and again yeah. the whole That's, financial I system i don't i don't have a
1: finance background but for me it's, it's me neither new day is is mind-blowing it's exactly what you said that with the future you can build so many things and that if you are leveraged long it's basically nothing else than a loan where you borrow some money from someone at today's value you The Bitcoin price appreciates and then you you return it at the futures value. And that's why the short position, your counterpart, is stable in US dollars. And it's like, yes. so, this is actually a loan. <laughs> and then it totally makes sense that you suddenly have funding rates and interest rates in this instrument. And it's, yes, yes it, is, it is really mind-blowing what you can build. Um, you, you started talking about where does the other side come from? So in our case, we have a, a peer-to-peer marketplace. So the other side can be another pleb, just like you, who wants to go long on Bitcoin.
0: Yes, which is very useful. I like to be on the long side <laughs> more <laughs> more than on the more uh, than on the short side. By the way, what you can create uh, with this, which is uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, visions basically uh, at the end, but let's let's tackle this one right now. Um, uh, what you can do is um, you can uh, basically build a Lightning-enabled credit card. So you would never spend your Bitcoin. So right right now, when you go to, to Ten Ten One wallet, you see sat position and like $10, a dollar position. Um, you can do it the other way around, that you have sat position and you have a minus hundred dollars because you bought something for lightning but you don't want to lose uh, the exposure so you can you can go on the long side and create a, a loan so when you're spending uh, you are a good hodler you're not <laughs> not spending your precious sets you're uh, you're shorting fiat if you're long bitcoin uh, uh in a pair with fiat then you're automatically short fiat so you're on the Good side of uh, inflation because uh, the the fiat uh, depreciates. So when you when you return it in the future, it will be less valuable. You will have to work less for it in the future. So. Uh, so I I think this is also an interesting way to look at it, and it can be just a user interface thing to to create like this uh, infinite not infinite like credit card <laughs> limited by your uh, uh, credit line basically uh, yes. limited yeah. only by your collateral, and and you can uh, you can basically spend without the. Uh, guilt of, <laughs> of uh, like getting rid of your sets and you can actually support uh, the uh, the Bitcoin economy while keeping uh, keeping your Bitcoin position at the same time.
1: Yeah, that, that's really cool what you just said, because now you actually turned the stable coin around. Instead of having yes. the person who is short is stable, actually the person who was long is stable and took out a loan and went on spending something, but now eventually he has to return that money and that's it's like as he said it's like <laughs> so much stuff on top it's really cool i would yes. really love to see the connection to the fiat world where we we add some credit or debit card and you can just go anywhere and pay with it but at the end it's your mm-hmm. bitcoin and you're still long on bitcoin
0: yes yes but uh even without like because lightning is a pretty good payment network so you don't need to uh, use it uh, like through the credit card network you can uh, in in many places just pay with your wallet, but you're not. Uh, uh, you're basically doing the same thing as a credit card. I mean, real debt-based credit card. When you when you borrow money from from the bank, in this case, there's no bank. There's only your counterparty, which you don't have to trust, <laughs> um, and they don't have to trust you because you have the collateral, and uh, and it's um, uh, it's all nice. So um, so this is very interesting because. Um, you basically built a lightning wallet that's what it is uh, with one primitive which is uh, inverse perpetual swap and now you are uh, you can be doing stable coins you can do loans and you can you can do all these magic things uh, with just uh, a tweaks to the user interface it's still yeah uh, the underlying primitive is still the same so that's why I'm excited uh, about uh, about this project um, quick question uh, what are the fees and uh, uh, and then we can go to the like trust assumptions and like what who do you need to trust and what happens if you turn off the project and and so on <laughs> if you turn off the project yeah
1: so the fees the, the setup we are having is somewhat of a, a star setup where every user every trader has a lightning channel with us. And that's mostly out of the reason for capital efficiency because it wouldn't be very capital efficient if they have a channel open with all other traders because then you, unless you can do some multi-path atomic DLCs, it's more efficient if you have all the money in one single channel, which means we are a LSP, liquidity service provider, and we are forwarding all the trades. So if a trader maker and a trader want to trade against each other, then they go trade with us, and we trade with the trader, and then implicitly they trade with each other. And the fees we are charging there is a liquidity fee, same as in the in the Lightning Network. The fee rate itself, we don't know yet. We need to figure that one out. Yes. Um, but it's, I would say, it's along the line uh, a normal liquidity fee is forwarding payments on the Lightning Network. Um, yes. You ask what what happens if we disappear? Well, if we disappear, hopefully someone else jumps in and runs this. We call it a coordinator. Um, you will not lose any money. It just means that your position will be you need to go on chain and get your bitcoins back. Same as on a normal lightning channel. Force close the channel if your channel partner disappears. And after a timeout, you get your money.
0: Yes, uh, there's an additional closing of the DLC, so yes. that, that's what maybe we should say that it's not a normal Lightning channel. You cannot open a Lightning channel like this with whatever Alan Big or Breeze or uh, any any other node. Uh, it needs to be aware of the DLC, so that that's why it probably makes sense to do this star architecture because uh, exactly
1: yes yes. So it's a it's a technical limitation today. We have that. Only our implementations understand DLCs, but mm-hmm. in the in the future, I I see <laughs> this is interoperable with um, LND, C Lightning, and uh, Eclair. So it's hopefully we get there.
0: Perfect. Uh, what uh, lightning uh, implementation do you use, uh, uh, by the way? Uh, we build
1: the... on Rust Lightning on LDK. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so uh, then, uh, there are uh, what are the other trust assumptions? Uh, someone has to publish the price of uh, of BTC in USD terms. In in case of yes, BTC so the, USD.
1: Exactly. So we we were talking about that it is a perpetual swap, but the technology under the hood is a DLC, discrete lock contract, and that's where we need a, a third party or multiple third parties called an oracle. It could be a single one um, or it could be a subset of like multiple, like two out of three or three out of five and so on. But these are trusted entities and they have to attest to the price. And f- whatever they use, it's, you trust that they attest to the correct price and don't just cheat or disappear. a In the future, we, we are thinking of that a centralized exchange could play this role because they are already publishing price feeds. They would just need to attach uh, signatures and some keys to the, the prices. And then suddenly, they become a price feed. And mm-hmm. right now, <laughs> we run the Oracle, <laughs> but yes. that's just for temporary reasons.
0: Yes. Well, the exchanges already signed the prices actually with uh, with the their tls certificates if you retrieve it through H- https but you cannot use it um, uh, true in like, yeah in the in the oracle uh what is interesting uh about dlc technology what i like about it is um that uh, uh because what you could do is you could have a, an oracle that would be just a multi-sig counterparty and they would sign um, a particular transaction out of many of them uh, based on price so you would have a, you would have a one tra- like um, a three of three multisig let's say and you know uh, they would just add signature to uh, to that particular transaction that uh, uh, that uh, uh, matches the correct price, but in this case with uh, with DLCs, uh, what happens is um, that they don't need uh, to know what they're signing. They're only publishing information, so they cannot cheat like me in particular because uh, the signature applies to all the DLCs. They they don't uh, deals. They don't even have to know about my DLC. It's it's private between. Me and in this case your note, basically. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's no, a, no one. The,
1: that's one of the the important principles of DLC is that the oracle is completely independent and doesn't even know that there is a contract. Uh, in fact, no one else knows about the contract. That's why it's called discrete. On chain, it is just a, a multisig, or once we have PTLCs, um, it's just a single pub key, and no one knows what's even happening there.
0: Yes, so that that's very nice, but of course there is uh, some trust involved in in the fact uh, that uh, the oracle needs to publish the right price. Um, so let's compare uh, Tenta 10, One to DeFi. Uh, what are what are the differences uh, to these kind of smart contract based uh, like loan platforms and stablecoin algorithmic not not algorithmic like collateralized mm. stable coins. Um, I, I can begin, you can begin. No, you like. yeah,
1: actually <laughs> yeah. You, you started earlier talking about that DLCs or the, the, the synthetic stable coin using DLCs is very capital efficient. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday in the team, we talked about, we compared it to Maker and MakerDAO. Mm-hmm. And it, it took us a while to really understand what's in Maker happening but the, the person in maker who takes a loan or takes a, a yeah it's a loan in in die he's actually long and short in the same position that's meaning he holds two positions at the same time and only at the point of time when he gets liquidated when he's in the danger of losing his money someone else has to come in and takes the short position and then he mm-hmm. keeps whatever is left That was quite interesting, but it's not that capital efficient for the user who wants to take the loan because he has to over-collateralize. And if you compare those two use cases, though, the capital requirements are the same. It just happens that in our DLC approach, someone else takes the long position and you who wants to take the stable coin
0: takes the short position, but overall it's the same amount in collateral. Okay, interesting. I never thought about it this way. Uh, it's a very interesting distinction. Yeah. Uh, what I find interesting is that um, uh, that uh, even though uh, even though it's the star architecture, uh, it is uh, a peer to peer contract. Uh, so in in case of DeFi, I call it peer to smart contract. So usually there is like a huge uh, pool of money for collateral or for anything locked in the smart contract and you interact with the whole contract. So usually there is like a uh, like a pool of liquidity and what that means uh, is that if there is any kind of issue if like there's a bug in the smart contract, everyone has a problem at the same time. Uh, in this case, it is truly peer-to-peer even though uh, in this case, uh, uh, like the peer in the middle is always the same, but my contract with your note is different to your contract with uh, w- with the note and uh, they're not related in any way. Uh, so yeah. the only thing they have in common, of course, is uh, um, uh, is uh, uh, the Oracle. Of course, if that fails, yes. then, then everyone has a problem. Not necessarily, but um, uh, but uh, it, it could be the, uh, the case. Um,
1: I really, really like that feature. It's an inherent feature of Bitcoin itself that you have UTXOs and not accounts in that sense or smart contracts. You don't have these gigantic honeypots where then the developer need to build in a backdoor just to be ready to fix uh, certain bugs or rollout upgrades. No, that's... You have a single UTXO and if there's a bug, yes, there might be some lost money, but the damage is contained in the single UTXO. And every new position is a new UTXO, meaning we can roll out updates to every new position and fix them independently. That's really cool.
0: Yes. And uh, in case you're building on top of lightning, the UTXO is not even known by anyone but the peers, so that's another feature that yeah. uh, it's it's not a honeypot that's on chain that you could exploit. But unless one side chooses to force close the channel, no one knows. No one even knows about the contract itself. It's just yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't so even doesn't if you move. go
1: on chain, you would you yes. would have
0: a hard time finding it. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's only the two parties involved might be able to um,
0: find a loophole in there or a bug. Okay um next thing i wanted to ask uh, about is uh, uh, about your team like if you have funding or uh, like if you're just independent organization or how do you operate and uh, how uh, how sustainable the project is <laughs> uh, the, the development <laughs> sure. and yes yeah
1: uh, we we started with uh, this project actually quite some time ago. Um, don't quote me on the dates, but I think it was 2021, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 2022. With uh, the project was called Ichisats, mm-hmm. and this was our first attempt to build to bring derivatives trading to Bitcoin. And we launched Ichisats as an app on Umbrel and ResPay Blitz and uh, Cloud9, and I don't know what else was out there. But the problem was that we built our own Layer 2 protocol because of reasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was not compatible with Lightning. So Mm -hmm. we were completely isolated and we were targeting a very niche of users who are technically capable of running such a node. Mm -hmm. And only last year, just about a year ago, we joined the Legends of Lightning tournament which was an an online hackathon. And we said, we're going to timebox this now and try to bring this feature to Lightning. And we have eight weeks to give it a try and then bring it to Lightning and mobile. So we literally started from scratch, threw everything away what we had, kept just the knowledge and built on Rust Lightning and mobile and built a little POC within eight weeks And it was not just us who thought this is awesome. There were others. We were approached by the Wolf Accelerator in New York. Mm -hmm. And a few months later, in April, we joined the Wolf Accelerator, who then also invested into us. And we won the Wolf Accelerator and got a good investment on top, which we currently currently have. (laughs) Actually, because you asked about investment, we had some investment before that. So yes. for sets we had some investments. So we are mm-hmm. VC funded. And as usual, you're always looking for new investors. So if you're watching this, listening in,
0: <laughs> reach out. <laughs> yes, but there is no token. <laughs> There's no token. No, no token. <laughs> which, is, uh, which is, I think, good in case of VC investments. Um, yes, yeah. Okay,
1: was uh, a hard if you want to attract some investors? So, like, so where's your token? How do I make yeah. money? <laughs> traditional, yes. traditional VCs, equities,
0: yes, yes, and fees and actual profit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yes, uh, yes. That's um, yeah. That, that's not common these days, but uh, <laughs> I hope it, it comes back because. I like I'm personally an entrepreneur and uh, I never built a company uh, with uh, the only goal of selling it for more to the next VC. I always was looking, okay, how do I make profit? I, I because in order to be sustainable you either can always look for new investment <laughs> or yeah. um, uh, which like companies like Uber do it this way it's, they're still losing money I, I don't know exactly but like few years ago they were still losing yes, money yeah. for over a decade <laughs> and still still being funded by VCs um, but I, I think that, uh, that actually profit is a very nice feedback about the uh, if you're doing something right, if people actually want to pay for your product. so so I uh, profit is not popular these days, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, much more difficult to fake it than you know, the hockey charts and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, Vcpg. So I hope you will turn. Uh, profitable <laughs> uh, so and, do be yes <laughs> and and that guarantees the long-term uh, sustainability and how many people are working on the project if it's not a secret of course no it's <laughs> not a
1: secret we are a team of six um, four full-time developers and as a typical startup we are spread over the world so we got one person in Australia one in Austria I'm currently in Austria as well so two in Austria uh, one who's currently in California and one um, part-time in South Africa and one in France. So wow. <laughs> spread over the world.
0: <laughs> yes, but team mil- team building must be, <laughs> must be interesting. Um... Yeah, no,
1: we were actually quite lucky because we used to have an office in Sydney. So un- mm-hmm. until recently I was in Sydney and most of the team we knew from back then we shared an office there a co-working Uh space actually and then only when COVID started we became a remote first company and started to spread over the world so we i think it's gonna be way harder to start a remote first company
0: than if you know each other beforehand yes definitely I have never done it, uh, um, but I don't have a company with employees anymore, so I only cooperate with people, but I, I used to um, do it the old school way. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to ask uh, a little bit more um, about um, uh, the, the kind of uh, regulatory pressures. I don't want to talk about regulations, but... Um, um uh there were like many cases where uh developers of open source software were actually targeted uh, because of what the software itself did like a good example would be tornado cache developers who hmm. created the software and then whatever north koreans used it allegedly and uh, then the developers had a problem because someone use an open source software from the internet. Uh, so so that that's kind of one point of view if, like um, if if you perceive this as a problem and another one is of course the the product that you are uh, developing because um, it is quite difficult like when you open the wallet, it tells you you have you know ten dollars. Uh, but actually, under the hood, it's a it's a DLC. And like, uh, if you if you look at it from the regulators' perspective, uh, for example, EU is uh, trying to regulate stablecoins, and mm. I don't think it's quite clear if it's a stablecoin or if it's just you know um, sending bitcoins back back and forth uh, based on the changing price or. Like what is what it is that you're actually own in the wallet. So yeah, uh, it's it's gonna be mindfuck for (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's it's a mindfuck for the regulators. But like, what's your what's your point of view? For example, if it was a loan, uh, using the the loan position, are you suddenly a loan provider? Uh, Is it a, a like can you? Uh, interest that you pay into expenses because you took a loan, or it's it's a derivative position, or uh, yeah, this that's Lego feature. Is yes. it's a very, Sorry. very, very
1: tricky question, and it totally depends on what jurisdiction you are in. Um, our understanding from our perspective, what we are running, is that we don't touch any customer funds, so we don't fall into Mika, 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 yes. Um, mm-hmm. We we are a liquidity service provider. So in the U.S., they are talking about that if you run like a lightning routing node, you might fall into the money transmitter um, re- regulatory area. So we're not going to touch the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. For the user themselves, I guess it also, again, depends on where they are. I would as- suspect it's just a trade. You are taking it... Um, It's a derivative you're trading and derivatives are regulated in, depending on what jurisdiction you are in. In Australia, for example, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that derivatives are not capital gains taxed because Mm -hmm. it falls under gambling. And that's a a big advantage. (laughs) You can just (laughs) trade that and don't have to pay capital gains on that
0: nice even considering uh, the fact that most users might not even know that it's a derivative position they see dollars. yes yeah know,
1: yeah. Even, yeah
0: um in, in, interesting um but the, so... the stable
1: coin you're right I mean, if if they if the eu wants to regulate stable coins i don't know if we are stable coin then i mean you send around sats you just we just display that you are your dollar value so
0: Interesting. Yes, it's a. I think a very interesting uh, uh, question. I I hope uh, no one will have to find out in court. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But no. but uh, yeah, it's a. It's a. Well, I I hope that you become uh, crazily popular because it's a very very useful uh, tool. So uh, some people might ask question. Uh, many people don't actually understand one crucial things about um about any kind of stable coin is that uh it's no different from most of the dollars how they exist because uh there is a thing uh that is called a euro dollar uh, many people have not heard about it but that's how actually most dollars come uh into into existence um euro is not uh, uh, named after the currency but it was first done in europe and it's basically a loan uh, that is created outside uh, of uh, uh, of the us Uh, so it's not uh, controlled by the fed you can look it up on uh, uh, on wikipedia and this is actually the form uh, how most dollar loans are created so Basically, uh, like if, if you go to an Austrian bank, if you're in Austria and you say, oh, I would like to take out a loan in uh, in US dollars, uh, what they do is it magically appears on your account. They don't interact with the Federal Reserve. They uh, they just give you a loan on their books. It's a it's a loan plus your promise of repayment of the same dollar value. Um, and it just appears on the on the account uh, on the on the account. So um, uh, that's quite interesting. And when you think about it, uh, Dai or uh, or actually Tether or any other stablecoin. Uh, is the same thing. Uh, the only difference is you cannot send it through the through the Swift or uh, at like old school wire networks or Visa or any any other payment network. You need to send it through Ethereum or in the case of 10101 through Lightning. Uh, but it's the same dollar. There's, there's no difference. So uh, that's gonna be quite interesting.
1: <laughs> that is an interesting thing. I, I didn't know about the Euro dollar. So, if the bank issues the loan, do they then have to short or go like uh, have a derivative at the back against the US dollar? Or what does this mean? Uh,
0: no, because the, uh, on their books, uh, they. Uh, 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 they uh, have uh, basically the resulting position is only the interest rate that you pay on the because because they they give you let's say ten thousand dollars they credit it to your account um, they need to keep reserves but they can be in a different currency um, and then you are promising to pay ten thousand dollars so the thing that I, that, that, uh, that the only thing that relates uh to the to the dollar is that you are uh, uh, committing to repay the dollar value plus interest so that that's oh. how it's hedged because it's minus 10,000 and then 10,000 plus interest plus so so it cancels out so on the books of the bank um it's basically uh, just uh, uh, like there is risk uh, the risk is uh, contained in the uh, in the interest rate but there's not much uh, uh, um, exchange risk, basically, uh, exchange rate risk. Uh, so, I'll, except for the reserves.
1: That, that's that's different to what DAI and Tether and USDC do because those US dollars are fungible with the traditional US dollars, right? You can send them um, over SWIFT.
0: Uh, yes, for that they need to interact with the dollar system. So, they might... Need to uh, buy it, uh, and in in that case mm. they uh, they so so as I said that the only difference is in the payment network that uh, yeah. that you can use it on, uh, but it's still your promise to repay the loan denominated yeah. in Dai, which is basically denominated in us dollars so so actually the form of the loan is the same it creates real us dollars inflation Uh, so (laughs) many people don't understand that uh, that you can actually print fiat on uh, in these uh, parallel financial systems Uh, because when you create a loan it uh, uh, you can use it it increases the the dollar pl- prices in the world of course the uh, the stablecoin economy and the, uh, later hopefully the um the bitcoin uh, lightning uh, synthetic stable coins uh, are right now just a small portion of the whole dollar economy so you don't see it but uh, but it, it's funny because uh, let's say um, Bitcoin explodes. It's, uh, it's, uh, let, let's say it reaches the market cap of, um, of gold, which is, uh, I think around, uh, um, 600,000 per Bitcoin would be the, hmm. the equivalent price and now uh now uh, imagine that no one wants to sell uh, their bitcoin and they are taking these loans and they they're they're spending it in the in the dollar economy and uh, rising dollar prices so um it can be very interesting and uh, i guess that the fed could be uh, a little bit pissed because they're not making any interest on it they they're you know someone is just basically printing dollars not on paper but as a form of electronic records uh and this is much more decentralized that uh, that most people understand uh the uh, i don't know like i didn't research it too much but the wikipedia page about euro dollar says that this is 90 percent of uh, dollar denominated loans are made this way outside of us so <laughs> so it's not a small thing and um during the crisis, uh, right now in, I think, 2020, 2021, uh, Fed was even giving the uh, the uh, Europe-based banks uh, swap lines uh, because they were afraid that this whole loan market is going to crash and that would, uh, that would spill back into the dollar economy. So Fed was actually saving banks that were printing dollars outside of <laughs> fed jurisdiction but they didn't want uh, this problem to spread to the us so so they said okay we're going to save you anyway because uh, you're screwing our currency and we don't we don't want uh, this to happen so uh, this is very interesting so it is uh, i need to
1: read up on that
0: Yes, That's yes, it. it's 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 very fun read. I was uh, talking uh about this on a podcast but uh unfortunately in a different language <laughs> uh, which is my native language Slovak but uh uh with, with an uh, economist of Austrian school and he will, uh, that is uh, uh focused on on how money works and how how it's created and uh, uh, it was, I, I had an, like, I was thinking about it, and uh, as many epiphanies and good ideas uh, happen in shower, I was like taking a shower and I said, Shit, we are printing really US dollars. And I called my friend, <laughs> economist, like, tell me where I'm wrong. And like, no, I've, I've been telling this to people all <laughs> the time. You are really printing US dollars. There's no difference. Like, uh, okay, it's not in a form of a paper with a dead American president, but these are dollars because you need to pay back dollars uh in the future so <laughs> so this is uh this is um very interesting um uh so so uh m- my other question would be uh what is your current vision where do you want to push this the, the app is uh, in beta uh, is it yeah. yeah yeah i think you call it beta uh, Maybe
1: also also a beta. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Yeah. So we are <clears throat> currently in a closed beta, where we onboard users every week, and we really want to be very careful with adding more users, because we really want to make sure that no one loses money. Um, unfortunately, we did have those cases where we locked up money, and we can never ever get it back. um right. How was it? What was the quote from Satoshi? It's a, it's a donation to everyone. Yes, <laughs> Everyone yes. else. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are maybe more in the alpha state where we make sure that things are really stable and people can try out the app. But we are getting more confident every day and on our roadmap is in Q4 to have a public beta where we only limit users depending on how much liquidity we have. But basically it's public access and if you want to watch this there's actually an epic on our GitHub repo with a never ending task list <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully we get there soon
0: yes very nice so the current state as I'm playing with it uh, but uh, probably uh, when you're listening to this it will be uh, much better but uh, uh, what, what I have uh, uh, like how I perceive it is that uh, all the basic things work? Uh, the only kind of thing that is uh, a little bit, I would say, not very user friendly is that you cannot change uh, your position yet. So, yeah, yeah. Um, So you need to exit the whole fiat position and open the whole new new one. So that that's uh, one thing. And another thing, which I'm very curious, how you're going to solve is. Um, Uh, that this perpetual swap is renewing every week currently and you need to open the app to for the renewal to take place so you need to replace the dlc uh, in the lightning channel and that's interactive you need to open the mobile app and when you don't do that you lose the the uh the hatch so you basically convert back to bitcoin nothing too bad will happen you will yeah. Be more, more long in Bitcoin that you, that you were, so it might be a good thing actually. <laughs> but uh, but this is uh, this is another thing that is like uh, that I would like to somehow see solved before uh, kind of like a mainstream adoption. Yeah, yeah. So maybe first
1: about the state. So we the features we currently have is you can go long and short on Bitcoin and we have an extra tab where you can be stable in US dollars and currently we are working on making the the position resizable so exactly the feature what you said that you can add more or remove parts of your position basically increase or reduce it <clears throat> and we also wanna focus on the stable coin to make it transferable between and mm-hmm. one users just imagine that you you hold a hundred dollars worth of this synthetic stable coin and you send to your buddy ten dollars and then what's happening is that you sell part of your position at the current market price you send the sats over the lightning network and the other party receives the sats and then opens up another position and then he's
0: stable in your stellar terms yes what would be cool is to be able to uh, Pay from the balance as well, so so like really. Yes, yeah. So uh, scan a QR code, and it it could ask you, do you want to pay with Sats or with dollars, and then then it would adjust the position. Yeah,
1: and again, the cool thing is it's um, compatible with Lightning, and any Lightning wallet can receive those stable coins. It won't remain stable there anymore unless the the wallet itself understands it. For example, we could add interoperability with Blink. Um, when they they say you they show you an invoice and then you want to receive ten dollars and Blink immediately uses the subs they receive and put it into their um, stablecoin um, engine and we sent around stablecoins
0: over Lightning. Yes, that would be really cool. That was one of the things that I have in my notes that I would like to see. I have seen a very cool um, case study by BTC Pay Server. Recently they released it um, and I love BTC Pay Server. It is amazing. I use it (laughs) a lot. And uh, what they did is they have a, a plugin called Lightning Prism where you can direct part of the Lightning payments uh, to different destinations inside of the BTC pay server or even outside. And what they did is uh, they uh, created uh, basically um, uh, uh, like a configuration setting where you could say, okay, I'm a merchant. I know that, uh, that my margin on let's say coffee, I sell coffee. And I know that uh, I want uh, 80% is my cost to make the coffee. So I want that in stable value, in stable coins. And uh, I would keep the profit, which is the 20% in Sats. So what it does on the background is as uh, as the merchant receives the payment, um, it uh, swaps 80% of the value uh, into uh, tether on uh, on um, liquid actually, um, and in this case, you know the the merchant doesn't have to worry if they're able to pair their invoices because they stabilize uh, the the part of the payment that that corresponds to the costs that they have, and they can still keep twenty percent in Bitcoin to uh, put into whatever capital reserves fund or basically hodl <laughs> um so uh actually uh what i would love to see is uh, let's say a command line version or a version uh, of Ten Ten One that would be uh, possible to integrate into btc pay server as a plugin and just basically hedge it so so for merchants they don't need to have a mobile wallet uh they they wouldn't have to worry about the perpetual swap renewing every weekend because the node is always online, so they they don't care, and they wouldn't have to have something else on Liquid. It would just be Sats with uh, basically the same sa- same way, but the but the merchant side of the of the u- user interface. So I I'm uh, very much looking forward. I, maybe you do it. Maybe someone else uh, does it using is- your code.
1: That is really cool is, is this lightning Friesen already available or is this Yes idea?
0: everything is available they have even a really? how to on their on their blog uh, they have been doing this on uh, or that they have onboarded merchants this way on um, uh, Baltic Honey Badger so everyone who was paying with the NFC cards uh, using uh, like Ellen uh, bits uh, uh, card uh, uh, they were paying to the merchants, but most of the merchants, which were like food trucks and uh, cafes, sellers, and and so on, uh, they were not hundred percent onboarded to Bitcoin. So so they were like, okay, I like this fluctuates. I'm I'm worried, you know. I I, yeah. I will gladly make food on your conference, but I don't want your funny money because I don't trust it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> And they sold in sold it, uh, sold um, uh, the idea uh, based on the fact that they could uh, keep parts of it in dollar value, and that's that's what uh, a lot of merchants in El Salvador do. They they hedge part of the or, or the whole position in, in U.S. dollars as merchants. They they use Lightning just as a, a payment network because they have two, which I don't agree with that much. Like we shouldn't be forcing people to. Some weird technology that uh, that the local boss uh, says that okay. is cool now, uh, but um, but also them they they do it in in El Salvador they do it in a in a custodial way, and uh, and uh, with this technology you can do it uh, like trust minimized way trustless slash trust minimized way so. That that would be very cool and uh, kind of integrating this technology into BTC Pay server and uh, like enabling uh, merchants to do this, I think, would be pretty. That you know, is pretty a nice.
1: really yeah. awesome idea. Particularly like the use case where you say you want to receive parts of yes. your invoice in US dollar terms and the rest keep in Bitcoin. That is really cool. Um. Maybe we, we are already working on a command line version. Um, we call it a make binary because we we need someone to to provide liquidity as well. And that thing will have an API, HTTP API. Uh-huh. And we should look into how to add it into BTC Pay Server. That would be really cool to have it there.
0: Yeah, they love to hack. Uh, so if you interact on their uh, Mattermost chat, then they, yeah, I think they will gladly do this uh, with you and help you. they like, as I say, I, I love them. They're an amazing team of developers, and uh, uh, it's a it's a one of the most interesting projects in Bitcoin space, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so this is uh, uh, this is. Uh, quite uh, quite nice vision that I would like uh, like to see uh, we have talked about the trustless credit card uh, that's uh, that's also cool um, and the last thing and it kind of comes back to what we wanted to build uh, with our original project uh, is um, adding um, other pairs so right now you have BTC USD I would love to uh, see BTC euro mainly because mm. I'm shorting euros and shorting euros is better than shorting <laughs> USD because euro is uh, much worse shitcoin so the, <laughs> the, than USD, even. Yeah, uh, so so I would like to be short uh, USD, uh, but um, basically, uh, what you could do is you could bring uh, any asset in the world into the world of Bitcoin, so let's say. Um, you, ca- you could have like this automatic note um, as, a, as a market mate- maker that has access to a traditional finance. So you have like a, like a connection to a broker and basically would say, oh, someone wants to buy Tesla stock, let's say. Uh, so uh, So I don't have any Tesla s- stock, but uh, uh, I can buy it uh, on a, like through the traditional interface. I have a, like a broker account, I can buy it. And then I can be on the short side uh, with the with the Lightning DLC with ten ten one and uh, and then anyone in the world without KYC without limitations of where they're from or uh, uh, like uh, minimal investment am- amounts and you know the investor questionnaires and all, all these <laughs> crazy stuff uh, could be able to buy anything and any like quoted asset tradable asset in the world with just uh, a few clicks. And of course the person that uh, uh, that basically provides the bridge uh, they could make some fee because they are providing um, a useful service uh uh they can maybe in some case keep the dividends so so they would just give the exposure to the to the underlying price and and like keep the dividends for themselves and this would enable like worldwide uh, access to anyone to to anything Mm -hmm. in finance so that's kind of my vision where i would love to love to see see this and for this you of course also need a like a real node with an api you cannot do it from your phone <laughs> uh but I, and and you need a like the connection to to the broker as well so th- this could be like uh basically liquidity providers and we could uh, uh I don't know if overtake is the right world word but <laughs> we could we could kind of like bring the whole world of finance into uh, yeah. into lightning and into bitcoin um and that could be that could be very useful so yeah you, you
1: you could build a whole stock exchange basically on on bitcoin and the cool thing is that it's settled in bitcoin yes exactly not, not us dollars or anything else bitcoin
0: Yes. And for that, for collateral, everyone needs to buy Bitcoin. So yes. <laughs> so yes. that that's also uh, hopefully help uh, those of us who have uh, the real Bitcoin. Like, well, of course, I only own testnet coins because, you know, it's dangerous. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have any, but if I would
0: have any, then I would yes. use it. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, so that's hopefully something that will happen at some point. Of course, uh, I understand that you need these uh, um, essential features like more user-friendly payments and like resizing of the position, easy renewal, dark mode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly essential um, features. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, if you have anything else to uh, to say to pitch to to the listeners or maybe what what they can look forward uh, to how how they um, can just just I wanted to
1: add one one idea you you talked about the uh, um the credit card where you spent basically your stable coin could also think of fiat onboarding where you say you go to a conference and you have a little stall and People can then buy your stable coin using euros and they're immediately in this ecosystem, but they are in the safe haven where they are stable in euros and then can slowly and slowly, just with a click of the button, transform their stable coin into Bitcoin and say kind of buy 50 euros of stable coin and then <clears throat> change 40 and then eventually 50 and then step by step you are in this world of Bitcoin. That would be yes. really cool.
0: That's um, an amazing idea. I actually teach this to people um, because um, so uh, I'm interacting with uh, uh, with uh, many, um, I would say, companies and providers, and uh, I'm I, I like to talk uh, to uh, to uh, providers of uh, custodial Bitcoin uh, because I want to know what they're pitching to their customers. And my pitch is, of course, uh, bottom-up adoption, you know, go buy non-KYC from a whatever street trader or, like, in whatever way, uh, the way Satoshi intended, like <laughs> private peer-to-peer. It's peer-to-peer electronic cash, not peer-to-bank to uh, Coinbase <laughs> electronic cash. Um, and one of the things that they've been saying, and and I'm like, uh, I, I try to... Um, uh, I try to perceive what they're pitching and I try to uh, try to try to find uh, solutions. And one of the good things that they were pitching is, okay, if you want to do dollar cost averaging, you don't want to try, uh, you don't want to find uh, street dealers uh, like every month, you know, it's like people are lazy, you don't want to go out and uh, find someone to sell you 100 dollars worth of bitcoin every month you know Mm. Uh, because you won't do it you will you will become lazy and uh, what i tell people is okay so probably everyone has uh, a fund for rainy day uh, in fiat at home if something happens you want to be able to survive Uh, if not then just build it first and then continue with with this uh, with this speech um, and what you can do is you can just change the form of the rainy day fund into stable coins and then then basically you are the dealer you are just uh, getting out of stable coins and buying bitcoin with one click no non kyc you're exiting the position which is exactly what you said and this is uh, this is dollar cost averaging for lazy people but still non custodial, and and so on. Yeah. So I have I have written a book uh, called "Cryptocurrencies: Hack Your Way to a Better Life," and there is a chapter on this uh, which does exactly what you uh, proposed. It's uh, it's called uh, dollar cost averaging without KYC, and that is a really good use case uh, for people. They're as you said in a safe haven with a rainy day fund, and uh, they uh, as they want to buy Bitcoin, they take. Uh, 100 euros. They put it, uh, you know, in a, in a sock uh, back to the rainy day fund, and they exit the the position with the size of 100 euros. Yeah. So basically, that buys Bitcoin uh, for 100 euros, and they they do it. And one, once they um, used all the rainy day f- fund, which basically transferred it into the sock <laughs> in cash. Then you repeat, you do the same thing. Okay, now you once a year, once every two years, you find uh, the OTC trader, the street dealer. Uh, you buy more Bitcoin, uh, stabilize it, and then exit, exit, exit every month. So that's, yeah, that's, uh, you, could,
1: you could think this further on, not on an individual level, but also on companies, for companies. Um, just was it earlier this year when Silicon Valley Bank went bust? A lot of startups had their money on that bank, but you don't have to. I mean, you could use this synthetic stable coin. you are stable there. You keep your six months, twelve months of cash equivalent. and when you need to pay salaries, you send it to your employees, and if they are not bitcoiners yet, they can remain stable in u s. dollar terms themselves. Uh, that's, yes, that's a real cool use case i'm I'm planning to yes. do myself.
0: Yes, perfect. I'm teaching entrepreneurs uh, these things uh, uh, also in Slovak language, but I promise I'll make this one uh, also in. Uh, in English because it's very unique and we do it for ten years uh, in in companies. So this is uh, this is something that I'm very excited about. I try to kind of put uh, uh, the entrepreneurs in this uh, uh, a little bit of a Bitcoin mindset, but doesn't mean you need to go full on crazy. Although I think uh, having fiat is full on crazy <laughs> uh, th- <Yes. laughs> these days. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yes, you can, uh, you can definitely do it uh, on, uh, on a company level as well. Um, what we haven't said, uh, uh, we haven't mentioned the funding rate, uh, but uh, basically what happens with these future positions is um, that because you need to match long and short side, uh, sometimes there is not enough of one or the other. Uh, so, so these uh, exchanges that uh, that started do, doing these inverse perpetual swaps, they inventing uh, invented something that is called a funding rate, uh, which incentivizes uh, uh, people to take the position that uh, that is uh, 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 like uh, not that there's not enough supply on that side, and they they want to incentivize them with some kind of payment. Um, in uh, normal futures, not perpetual swap uh, swaps. This is uh, called um, uh, contango uh, in in the case when uh, when the price e- uh, of future is higher than spot, and backwardation when it's the other way around. But what it does is that it creates a natural interest rate. And right now, and most of the time in Bitcoin, uh, there is more demand for the long side. So the shorts are actually paid. So uh, by this uh, long monologue, what I wanted to say is that in most cases, uh, on I don't know. I, I wanted to ask if it's the case on ten ten one as well. But uh, in most cases, uh, actually, uh, the the stablecoin position earns an interest rate, and the long side is paying it. Uh, so that's the case in. Uh, in markets unless there's Mm. like full-on panic which is maybe once a year for a month it can be the other way around but uh, uh, but uh, what is nice about this is that even if the companies and even if the people uh, or your rainy day fund if you are not in bitcoin uh, and you are stabilized you're still making some interest rate on that money which is also nice uh, because it's, uh, you know, trust minimized and uh, yeah. uh, you, and you those, fight
1: that. So we, we plan to have this funding rate as well and we need to show how, <laughs> but there, there should be some funding rate just to have this this technol- tec- technical feature in there to rebalance demand and supply. Um, I lost my line, but what do I say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the interesting thing is that these interest rates in the derivative space are actually way higher than the interest rates in the traditional finance world. And I would say yes. that these are the real interest rates because they're based on real money on Bitcoin yes. and not those fake interest rates the central bank comes up with. And yes. As you said, it's it's been positive over the last eight years with some exceptions. Um, I think last year was a, a phase of like a few months where it was negative. But generally, yes. if you are stable, you you earn interest in US dollar terms.
0: Yes, someone needs to pay you money if you are so crazy to short Bitcoin. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. uh, yes uh what what uh, i i said that i don't like trading uh but what i was doing uh for for uh, some time is i was doing this uh, arbitrage of these various interest rates so if you can uh, uh if you can borrow uh for 2% and uh, then make 5% on it then it's Basically, a risk-free, of course, uh, um, exchange rate risk-free. Uh, I would say uh, uh, profit. So, of course, the platform can go bankrupt, which is uh, the, actually what you are trying to solve. Um, but but you can make make this difference in the interest rates uh, in this case, and that uh, allows uh, people to you know, to get them closer. Uh, the uh, and and. Basically, the differences would disappear, which would be quite cool if we would be able to uh, to kind of uh, uh, increase the interest rates in the in the f- fake financial system in the fiat system just by you know uh, having more demand for 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 long side of Bitcoin, and we would bring the interest rates up. That would be that would be quite cool. Uh, that would be really I'd- cool. I don't know if it's possible <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it would be cool all right uh i think uh, uh if if you have anything else to add except for uh, no it's th- been fun awesome yes. and thanks for having me thank you <clears throat> where can good, people fun. find you and ten ten one uh I will add the links to the to the show notes, but what's the best way to follow um your on... thinking?
1: Not going to read my pub key from Noster now, but <laughs> <laughs> on, on Twitter, you find me under Bonomat and mm-hmm. 10101. It's get10101, 10, 10, but get10101. 1, 0, 1, 0, 1. So mm-hmm. it's a bit hard to, to write. And we are obviously on GitHub as well with the same handle, get10101. 10, 10, 10, and everything we do is open source because non custodial doesn't come with trust. You need to be able to verify the whole code base.
0: Thank you very much, Philippe thank you bye, bye. all right man <laughs> bye thank you for listening to this episode of the option plus podcast for uh, people who are new to this podcast please uh, know that you can subscribe and uh, i would be um, happy if you l- if you left a review if you um, checked other episodes, I also mention uh, quite a few interesting links. And one of them is my book, Cryptocurrencies, Hack Your Way to a Better Life. So I hope uh, if you find uh, the topics that we talk about interesting, that you check it out. And I, I think there is uh, more to Bitcoin than just buy and hodl. And you can, you can do many more interesting thi- things in uh in a business context in a personal context and uh, and you can play uh play with bitcoin in uh, many ways that uh, that most people don't talk about so if you want to learn something uh interesting and unique and some other perspectives on how you can actually implement bitcoin in your life uh check out the book it's available in english spanish and my native slovak so thank you very much for listening bye bye